Psalms 119, verse 9. Oh, praise God. He is in this house. Amen. On the back of your announcements or notes, right at the top, the Word of God. We want to talk today about the Word of God and how important it is to each and every one of our lives. The Word of God. Psalms 119, 9 through 16. Now do me just a favor. Hold your place in your Bible. And then look up at the screen. And let's see if your pastor did his job right. Because I memorized 9 through 16. Okay? Because it's so relevant to what I'm talking about today. If I miss a word every now and then, you don't have to interrupt me. But just if I get off, interrupt me. But other than that, let's see if I can do it. Amen? How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word within my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and considered your ways. Consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Was that pretty good for your pastor? Amen. That's what it says. Praise God. Today we are going to talk about the word of God. What it means. What does the word of God do for us? The Word of God keeps our life pure. It's exactly what the Bible says. How can a young man keep his way pure? By what? Living according to the Word. Living according to God's Word. How will you keep your way pure? By what? Living according to the Word of God. When you are out in this world, how do you keep yourself from sinning? You hide the Word of God within your heart that you might not sin against God. You seek Him with all of your heart. You praise Him for what He does and you ask Him to teach you. You recount all the laws. You should memorize the Scriptures. David says, I recount with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. In the time of David, there was over 300 laws. Talk about memorizing your starting lineup of your favorite baseball team. Come on. Some of you will do that. Some of you have memorized so many songs. Some of you have jobs that require you to be quick and retail. You've got to know about certain products. Some of you have just learned a lot on tests in college, etc. Listen, David said, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Why don't you learn a couple laws yourself? Amen? Then the Bible says, I rejoice in following your statues as one rejoices in great riches. That means you and I should be excited about what you're about ready to hear and excited about reading the Bible and excited about doing God's will. Like doing God's will shouldn't be a burden to you. Doing God's will shouldn't be like, oh, humdrum. Oh, I can't I believe I got to do this again. Church is here already. It's Sunday morning. No. Or your devotions every week shouldn't be like, oh, I got to stop watching TV to pray and read my Bible now. No, it should cause us great rejoicing. How many would love to win the lottery? Let's just be honest. How many like a million bucks? Amen. Doesn't mean you love money, but how many could use it? How many would rejoice over a million dollars? Amen? Do you rejoice in following God's law just as much as you would rejoice in great riches? Look at what the Bible says. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. 
Then what does David say next? I meditate. I consider your ways. He puts his mind on God. And he puts his mind and he thinks about the ways of God and how to be pure. That's why we teach our children to, to grow up to be virgins and to get married and go to college. And we teach them right now, consider that. Think about that. There's nothing wrong with teaching a child to grow up and be a virgin. Matter of fact, there's something right in that. Amen? And they're never too young to understand what they're supposed to be. And same thing for adults. You need to consider God's ways. You need to consider His precepts. Meditate on them. We've studied here today, uh, in times past rather, the mind and the battlefield over our mind and our thoughts. And that the average person has 50,000 thoughts a day. 50,000 thoughts race through your mind. It's more than about one a second. Just thoughts racing through your mind. Put your mind on Jesus and He will bless you. Amen? Amen. And put your mind on the Word. Let's read it together in the NIV. Psalms 119, verses 9 through 16. 1, 2, 3. Bless... Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. Verse 9. 1, 2, 3. How can... Okay, let's try it again. We're going to get a rhythm. Maybe I'll help you for the first little bit. Okay? One, two, three. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my mouth, all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statues as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts. How many will make that promise right now to do that? Amen? How many will follow those scriptures? All the days of your life. And I want to encourage you to memorize that Scripture. To go through it. I've already asked some of you to do it. Memorize it because it's teaching you to memorize Scripture. And it will always be in your heart. And it's teaching you to hide the Word in your heart. So it's very effective at getting you rolling in the Word of God. Now I want to give you some principles in using the Word of God. Number one, you have to hear the Word of God. So go with me to Romans chapter 10 verse 17. The first thing you have to do is hear the Word of God. If you're going to hide the Word of God in your heart, if you're going to obey the Word of God, if you're going to rejoice in the Word of God, then obviously you need to hear the Word of God. You need to listen to the Word of God. You can hear the Word of God in your um, conscience as you read the Bible. You can hear the Word of God as a preacher preaches you the Bible. They actually have Bibles on the Internet audio Bibles where they read the Bible to you and it's free and you can get that off of our website. You could just sit at work. Some of you who are allowed to have a little music in the background. You could go to work, put on the Bible and within 70 hours you could listen to the whole Bible. That means if you work 40 hours a week, within two weeks you could audio listen to the whole entire Bible. It only takes 70 hours to go through the whole Bible, believe it or not. If you read the Bible one hour a day, you'd be done in 70 days. Think about that, guys. That's how uh, simple it is. But you've got to hear the Word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. If you're there, can you say, I'm there? It says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the what? The Word of Christ. One more time. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. Now, 
The King James says it a little bit easier for us to memorize. I like to say like this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I'm going to say faith comes by and hearing by. Oh, y'all got it. Let's do it one more time. Faith comes by and hearing by. So if I'm not hearing the Word of God, what? Faith's not coming. So number one, people have to hear the Word of God. You have to hear the Word of God. You need to learn what it means to obey uh, the commandments, to love your neighbor as yourself, to raise your children up in the fear of God, the teachings of God. Obviously, before you can do anything with the Word of God, you have to hear the Word of God. Now, that would seem pretty obvious, but the problem is many people today do not hear the Word of God. So I want you to turn with me to 1 Timothy Or rather, go to Proverbs. Let's start off in Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. And I want you to see what's being demonstrated in our city right now and across this nation and in many parts of the world. People are not hearing the Word of God. They may hear it with their physical ears, but they don't open up their heart to listen to it deeply. That's why Jesus, if you go through the books of the Gospel, many times Jesus would say these statements, He that has an ear, let him hear. Well, obviously, if they could hear him say who has an ear, they obviously had an earthly ear, right? So if he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. The people that are hearing that obviously already have an ear. So what is he saying the ear is there? It's the ear of the heart. Those who have an ear, let them hear. Those who can hear me, listen to me. Those that will open their heart and obey is what he's saying. Jesus would start off many of his teachings that way. If you have an ear, then open it up and listen to me and hear what I'm saying in your heart. But many people don't. Look at Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 20. Like I said, this is demonstrated all over the streets. As a matter of fact, back up just a little bit. Go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. If you're there, say I'm there. It says, Wisdom calls aloud in the street and raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy street she cries out, In the gateway of the city, she makes her speech. See, when we stand up and preach, we're proclaiming the wisdom of God. And wisdom here is personified as a woman. And the Bible is saying that she goes out and teaches. And she goes out and preaches. She's there at the city gates. That means that in the days of the prophets, they would go out and speak the word of God. It wasn't their own word. It was wisdom. And the Bible is saying it's personified now like a person. So through the preaching, somebody has to say the words. Are you listening to me? It's not like wisdom, just like, you know, like like a ghost coming out on the streets and starts whispering out things. No, no, no. It comes through people. The words come through people. Are you listening? And it's wisdom. When wisdom is preached on the streets, it makes its voice loud, her voice loud. Look at verse 22. This is what wisdom says. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? How many know that happens when we go on Belmont and Clark? How many know that happens many times you preach the gospel to your friends? They don't want to hear what wisdom is saying. You're telling them Jesus died on the cross. You're telling them the Word. You're telling them John 3.16. You're sharing with them that all sinners can be born again. And they don't want to hear. As a matter of fact, they mock it. And they make fun of it. And they hate it. 
I mean, listen to me, guys. If you're not experiencing this, you're not preaching the Word, okay? And we're going to get to the end part about you preaching the Word. You're going to hear the Word, know the Word, and preach the Word, okay? But right here, already, if you're kind of lost, then that means you need to hear the Word so you can get saved and get right with God. But those of you who are already right with God and you're preaching, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was so funny because Arson took out the group last night. You're doing an awesome job, brother. And you put a video up of New Orleans, of persecution from the gay community. And you're like, let's get ready. And uh, we go out there. And literally, the first five minutes I'm out there, all I said, I stood up. It was like a little curve. I stood up and I said, what's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? And somebody said, it's sex, drugs, and money, you blank, blank, blank. I hadn't even said Jesus yet. I hadn't even said they're going to hell yet. I just said, what's the meaning of life? Hello? They were already yelling at me. And then within moments, I had a whole circle of lesbians around me screaming at me about how much I hate them. And I'm saying, I'm not the one yelling at you. I don't hate you. I think you hate me. They're like, we don't hate you. We just hate what you say. And I'm like, why are you yelling at me then? Why are you treating me like this? But here's what they're saying. Listen to what the fool is saying. The fool is saying right here, he hates knowledge and he mocks and he lives in his simple ways. Look at now verse 23. If you had responded, now he speaks to these people. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. So if we listen to wisdom, God pours out his heart and made my thoughts known to you. See, some people want to know God's thoughts on pornography. They say they struggle with lust. You see, you've got to listen to wisdom. See, wisdom will talk to you through the Word of God. And God will share with you His thoughts on pornography. God will share with you His thoughts on your temper. God will share with you His thoughts on all these things. The Bible is not just written for to be a coffee uh, mug holder on your table, coffee table, coffee table decoration. Okay? This is more than just to be lying around your house. This is your basic instruction before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E. It talks about everything you need. So if people will listen to it, they'll be blessed. Somebody say they'll grow in knowledge. But look at verse 24. But since you rejected when I called, and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. That's your God talking, friends. Amen? That's not that Mickey Mouse make-believe God that people think is going to give them a pat on the back when they get to heaven. No, this is the real God of the universe. He says that when people reject their uh, God's wisdom and reject the preaching of the gospel, when calamity comes on them, He laughs at them. I just wanted to let this settle, the fear of God on you for a minute. Imagine somebody standing back after 9-11 laughing. Laughing. Disaster came on you. <laughs> Look what happened to you. <laughs> your family's now missing your father. <laughs> God says he does that. God says he does that. You better get a real understanding of who your God is. Your God loves in an extravagant way. His love is beyond your understanding. The Bible says you can't know His height, the depth, the width of God's love. It is so great. But His judgment is the same way. His judgment is so great if you even try to wrap your mind around it. It still is devastating. It is so awesome. It is terrifying His judgment. You better not play with God. 
You better not take this Bible like how people used to read Reader's Digest and give each other uh, articles and, you know, here's a little self-help, you know. No, 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 this is not advice. This is not just maybe you should do this like an Oprah Winfrey show. No, 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 this is the living Word of God. If you don't heed it, you will face destruction. And when you do, God won't have mercy. He'll laugh at you in your destruction. Hell is not an accident, my friends. Some of us have this idea that when people go to hell, Dito Jesus is crying. He's like, no, Father, don't send them to hell. And like he's like reaching out. And the Father's like, no, son, I have to. No, 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 no. The Bible says when they go to hell, his, his sword is stained with their blood. His garments are stained with their blood. And he laughs and mocks them as they go. And he terrifies them. The Bible says, if you go on sinning after having received the knowledge of the truth, there therefore remains no more sacrifice for sins, but only a certain expectation of fiery judgment that will consume the enemies of God, for it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God. He will terrify you, my friends. You said, are you, Pastor, are you trying to scare the hell out of me? That's right. Live for God. Amen. It's simple. Love God, hate the devil. It's simple. Amen? Don't confuse life. Love God, hate the devil. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I just need to keep on reading. Amen? In turn, I will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, and when distress and trouble overcomes you, then you will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but they will not find me. There is this lie in the side, inside my uh, man's religious mind today that they can reject God, they can reject His commands, and somehow, someway, when they get to heaven, or even on this earth, they can just call out for mercy when they want. No, 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 no. You come to God when He draws you. The Father, the Bible says you can't come lest the Father draws you. Some people think they're going to make that last deathbed decision for Christ. If the Father's not drawing you, it's over for you, friend. Conviction, listen to me, listen to me. Conviction is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Conviction is a good thing. But the Bible says you keep on sinning, your heart will become calloused. And though you cry out with tears to have conviction, it will not come. Oh, come on, i got to teach you something now. There's stories... And you'll hear them every now and then in the real churches of America. But there were stories back in the day in the 1800s that, that they, there was this one man that was an atheist his whole life. And he was staying in a hotel. And this pastor happened to be visiting. And he was in that hotel as well. And he told the story that he could hear a man begin to die. And he could hear the sound of death. In those days, you know, they didn't have ambulances. You know, you were used to death. You would see people die. And he heard this man dying next to him. And he ran over to him. And he said, are you right with God? And he says, no, I'm not. Pray for me that I might be saved. And the man said, no, you need to repent right now. I can't make that prayer. We're not Catholic. We don't, we don't sprinkle water on you. you got to pray. And the man said, I don't know how to pray. And he said, start con- confessing your sins. He said, I, I, I can't even confess my sins. I, I don't even remember my sins. His heart was so hard. But the preacher said as he was dying, he was crying out to God, God, soften my heart again. He died saying, God, soften my heart. 
You think it's a game. It's not. Our Bible's not telling us you just mosey on to God whenever you want. You might say, well, well, doesn't God give us second and third chances? Sure He does. But there's a time, A, when you die and it's over. And there are times that the Bible says that the conscience gets seared like with a hot iron and you won't feel anymore. And the Holy Spirit, you've grieved Him. And the Bible says He'll leave you and you won't hear from Him and He won't draw you anymore. As a matter of fact, that scared the hell out of David. After David sinned and committed adultery and the prophet came to him and said, man, you're in sin. You need to repent. David wrote Psalms 51 and he said, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Cleanse me and wash me while you can. Somebody say amen. But look at verse 29. It gets good. We got a little bit more hard stuff to go through. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For where the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in what? Safety and be at ease without fear of harm. There was another revival that happened in England and a pastor was preaching just like me. He was preaching just like this and people fell out in the middle of the sermon and they said, oh no God, God, is there still mercy for me? God, is there still room at the cross for me? And they began to get saved. See my friends, you better call out while you have a chance. Oh, thank you Jesus. So number one, we got to hear the word but many people are not hearing it. Number two, and hearing the word People are deceiving the word. Look we'll go to Jeremiah chapter 23. As people are listening to the word, as people are trying to hear the Bible, some of, some of you have watched Christian television and all of it that you've heard has not been the word. And, and some people preaching on the street aren't preaching the word. There's people knocking at your doors and they're saying, we have a book of Mormon. We're Jehovah Witnesses. And listen to me. They are not preaching you the word. So you've got to make sure you hear the word itself, not the teachings of men, not the lies and deceitfulness of men. Are you listening? Everything that comes from my mouth needs to come from this Word. If it's not in this Bible, don't listen to me. And if you ever have questions about it, go to our website. Talk to me personally. Somebody say the Word of God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 23. As you're going there, I want to tell you a little story because uh, some of you haven't heard this. And I think this would encourage some of you. Before I was even saved, I was 16 years old doing drugs, high school dropout, getting arrested. My mother was praying for me. She did not give up for me. And one day in her prayer closet, just out the middle of blue, the middle of nowhere, just, just God spoke to my mother. And God gave her this word right here. And we're going to read it in just a second. And God said to, to God, my mother said to God, God, make my son like this. Now, as I read this to you, I want you to see if I've done a good job with this. Amen. I said, I want you to see if I've done a good job with this. Let me say amen. And let's see if our church is like this. Start in verse 25 of Jeremiah chapter 23. First it starts off talking about false prophets. It says, I heard what the prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. What do they prophesy? Lies in my name. They said, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own mind? Jehovah Witnesses talking the delusions of their own mind. Mormons, the delusions of their own mind. Atheists, the delusions of their own mind. People out there on the streets that believe that homosexuals can be Christians, the delusions of their own mind. People that say that they see visions of Mary with bleeding hands, all of this, the delusions of their mind. Are you listening to me? 
It says, verse 27, they drink, or excuse me, they think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. Verse 28, let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has the word of God speak it faithfully. For what is straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Now, here was the word my mother got for me, 16 years old, on drugs, hated God. Here was the word. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Have you felt the rock and the hammer up in here? Have you felt the hammer and the sword up in here, the fire? How many have felt the hammer being in this church? How many of you are preaching with that same hammer? Let me tell you something. Before some of you were even saved, my mother was getting a prophecy for me to do what I'm doing now. Amen? So now that some of you get saved, don't give us that Joel Osteen stuff now. Don't try to change this vision. This vision's ingrained in God's plan. He's raising up a church to strike down the false prophets and prophecies and crush it into pieces. Amen? We were out there on the street, and I just wish I had a... Do you need to bring a camera? I really think you should. I think you should bring that camera every day. You love YouTube. You're familiar with it. There was so much stuff I would love just to play here on Sunday mornings. Have on our website. I want people to see this. I was talking to a lesbian lady, and I was preaching, and all I said to her was, Can I share with you a scripture? She said yes. And I quoted to her all of Psalms 1. That was one of the first scriptures I memorized. We might get to it today. And I began to tell her, you know, you need to be blessed by following God's word, etc. And in the middle of me talking, she interrupted me. And she said this. She said, you know, I don't really like the way you present this to me. I don't like all the Bible you give. I like the way Joel Osteen does it on TV. I wish I had a camera. I want to put that on my website. It's the greatest compliment I've ever heard. She said, she said, I, I don't like the way you do it. I like the way he does. You know why? Because he tickles people's ears. He just tells people what they want to hear. He never mentions repentance. He doesn't mention the blood of Jesus. And I'm not giving us permission to be mean, nor for us to go picking on other pastors. I'm just saying this brother specifically has grieved God's heart in this nation by preaching cotton candy to people that need to hear the word of God. And the Bible says that when you and I preach, it will come like a hammer. But you can't listen to those false prophets. Don't listen to the Jehovah Witnesses. Don't listen to the Mormons. And I'm not just saying that ignorantly. Like, oh, they're dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. No, I'll I'll come to the 201 Bible class. We'll study together and show you that Muhammad lied, Joseph Smith lied, Charles Tass Russell lied, the founder L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology lied. They're liars, they're false prophets, and the Word of God doesn't need to tickle them. It needs to come like a hammer on them and crush their lies to pieces. Shikaboomba. Woo! Turn with me now to uh, First Timoth- uh, Second Timothy. Hallelujah. Mather, go to 1 Timothy. i got so many Timothys up here. Go to 1 Timothy 4. We're still on hearing the Word of God. How does faith come by what? And hearing by what? The Word of God. How do you keep your way pure? By living according to the Word of God. How do you not sin against God? By hiding His Word within your heart. How do you please God? By rejoicing in the Word of God as one rejoices in great riches. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, we're in last times. Everybody know that. Amen? Bible says clearly that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. 
Anything that would make a lesbian woman feel comfortable in God's presence does not come from the Holy Spirit, but a lying demon. Listen to me. If you've not cast out demons, you may not know a thing or two about them, but I've been around it and I had some cast out of me. Listen to me. Demons love sin and wickedness. They love it. They desire it. They're like filthy pigs. Demons are filthy spirits that live inside of people. You have not seen... Some of you have grown up here in Chicago, and you haven't seen the debauchery of the gay movement yet. You need to come out to Belmont and Clark and see just how disgusting it is. The transvestites, the sexual sin, the molestation, molesting each other on the streets. Listen to me. Anything that would make that woman feel comfortable out there is a demon spirit from hell and people who know better have turned away from the truth and are trying to make people feel comfortable i would rather you go to heaven and feel uncomfortable than be comfortable on your way to hell come on somebody would you rather ride in a limousine to jail or be stacked up in a uh a whatever a back of the pickup truck on your way to disneyland okay what would you want to do come on And the word will bless your heart. It says you'll ride safely through life. Keep on going. It says the spirit will abandon, they will abandon them for false spirits. Now verse two, such teachings come through hypocritical liars. Those consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. You see right now, the only thing that makes you feel are those feeling nerves on the top of your flesh. If you took a hot iron and you seared that, you could become numb, just like your calluses. You don't feel it the same. You understand? Because your nerves are being, are being killed. Or they're, they're, they're not fresh there. They're not sensitive there. The Bible says that their hearts are no longer sensitive to God. They don't want to listen, and they begin to forbid marriage and all of that. We don't have time to get into it. But listen to me, friends. Hear the Word of God. How many will spend time this week reading the Word of God? Just read it from Matthew to Revelations. Read it from Genesis to Revelations. Do like how I've done it one time. Read a chapter of the Old Testament in one day. That same day, read a chapter of the New Testament. Read a psalm and a proverb. Amen? Somebody needs to read the Bible up in this place. Now that you're reading the Bible, you need to study the Bible. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 3.15. Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. Amen. We came to knock it into pieces. And we came to bless those who want to be blessed. If you have an ear to hear, it blesses you. I remember Brother Anthony, my pastor back at Bible College, he would say, man, some of you guys here, you guys love Jesus so much that if I don't rebuke you every service, you don't feel loved. Now, that might have been a little twisted, you know. But listen, I don't have to rebuke you every service to feel loved. But what I love about Metro Praise is that you don't mind hearing the rebuke. Because you know why? Because this church was founded upon a pastor that got a word from his mama. That said that the false prophets would be struck down by the hammer. And we love the hammer. Amen. Look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Start in verse 15, rather. Look at what it says. Uh, we'll go up to verse 14. Paul's talking to Timothy and how he was brought up. This is why we must bring up our children in the ways of God. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. Let's just stop right there. Those of you who have been brought up Christian and you've been convinced of it, continue to live that way. Don't go out and think you have to find out another way. All of our teenagers, look up at me. You don't have to find another way. You don't have to experiment with drugs. You don't have to go to the clubs and see what you're missing. If you know it's right and you know it's the way to go, live that way the rest of your life. Amen? 
I mean, I know you probably young people have heard this a million times. When I was young, I was like you, and I wouldn't do it that way. I would do it over again. Listen to me. I really mean that. So do as everybody else here. If we could take back having sex as uh, 15-year-old kids in the back of cars, we would, we would take it back in a second. If we could take back the drugs that we did. Listen to me, man. I caught STDs from sex. I, I, I had mental uh, problems. I was crazy. Uh, I had anxiety attacks and all of these things from the cocaine that I did and the acid that I was doing. I, I'm sure you can relate. As you're laughing or just laughing at me. Amen. Okay, I didn't know if you were relating to that. Anybody else do drugs? Come on, let's be honest. Two people. How many else did drugs? Don't you regret doing those drugs? All of you convinced of the right way now as young people. Don't change. Number two, if you're in this place as an adult, as a youth, and you're not convinced yet, sit down with us in Bible study and get convinced. Ask us all of your questions. Listen to me. Harvard was a Christian university at one time. Yale and Princeton. And there's still great seminaries today. Our brother is going to Bible college. We're not ignorant people just walking around in, in, you know, in the cornfields with our pants raised up just like, well, I love Jesus because Jesus is real to me. No, well, we actually have some things to go along with this, okay? You want to study, we'll study with you. Get convinced of it. Somebody say, I'm convinced. Amen. And how from your infancy do you know the Holy Scriptures? Verse 15. Which are able to make you wise for what? So what do the Holy Scriptures make you wise for? Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. How do you hear? How do you get faith? By hearing. And hearing what? The Word of God. And how do you get wise uh, for salvation through faith? How do you get it? For the Holy Scriptures. Now look at verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. And He's talking to everybody here today. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desire, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. And going back over, or all the way down rather, to 1 Timothy 4.16. Rather, uh, 2 Timothy. Help me, Jesus. 1 Timothy 4.16. That's the one. 1 Timothy 4.16. If you're there in 1 Timothy 4.16, somebody say, I'm there. It says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Why is God telling us to do those things? Because it will save the people around us. The Bible also teaches us to study to show ourselves approved. 2 Timothy 2.15 do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. Somebody say, correctly handles the word of truth. 
Number one, we've got to hear the word. And the word, come, uh, number one, we've got to hear it. And it brings us faith when we hear it. And if we don't listen to false prophets and we listen to the word of God, it will come and bless us. Amen? Number two, we need to study it. We need to let it correct us. It will save us and the people around us. Now we need to handle it correctly. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. How many know the Bible talks a lot about itself? How many know the Word of God talks about the Word of God? You're not tired of hearing about the Word of God, are you? Because I want you to rejoice in hearing the Word of God, Robin, like one rejoices in winning the lottery. Are you still happy? Amen. Are you all still happy about hearing the Word of God? Amen. Let's not get discouraged. Some of us today will go sit down and watch a ball game for three, four hours. Let us rejoice in hearing and following the Word of God. Now we, not, now we need to handle it when we study it. When we're studying it, we're learning what to do with it. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. If you're there, say, I'm there. It says, for the Word of God is living and active. So the Word of God is what? Living and what? Active. So when you read it, it's coming alive. And it's active inside of you. When you're hearing it even right now, it's active inside of you, isn't it? The Word of God is living and active. And it says, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare, naked before the eyes of Him. We must give an account. To him we must give an account. Somebody say naked and bare. When you read the Word of God, it strips you of everything and it will pierce your heart. How do you study it? You make time to read it, to understand it in its context, and you ask God for it to come alive inside of you. You can study the Word of God personally with your Bible. Just you and the Lord. You can study together in Bible studies with small groups and discipleship. You can study the Word of God in our church services. You can study the Word of God with somebody else because it will not only save you, but the person you're telling it to. And it blesses you to tell them about it as well. It helps you grow in your faith. The Word of God can come active and alive when you're on, at home watching good Christian TV or Christian Internet. There's so many resources now you can use with the Internet. Either way, no matter where you are, let the Word of God be Become active and alive in your heart. And let it discern what is of your sinful, soulish nature. What is of your soul? See, your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. And those are the things that you were born with. And those are the things that lead you into temptation. Let it discern what are the things of your soul to what are the things of the Spirit. God's Spirit living inside your spirit, man. Can you say amen? To know the difference between good and evil. The Bible says that's a mature man. So many people come up to me and they say, Pastor, how can a young man keep his way pure from pornography? How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to the Word of God. That's how a young man keeps his way pure. Somebody may come up to me and say, I struggle with my temper, Pastor. How can I keep my temperament pure? By living according to the Word of God. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word within my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. 
I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. That needs to be the motto of our lives. We live by the word of God. We walk by the word of God. We eat with the word of God. Matter of fact, that's why you pray before your meals. I could show you in the word of God. The Bible says when you pray, your prayer sanctifies it by the word of God. Hallelujah. We have our marriages established on the Word of God. We raise our children on the Word of God. We build businesses on the Word of God. We build this nation on the Word of God. It used to mean something in God we trust on our dollar bills, but instead we trust in the dollar bills. I think somebody needs to wake up and say, on this solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Hallelujah. The Word of God. It always works. It always prospers. Turn with me now to Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 as I give you another scripture that I've memorized. Because the Word of God needs to be our meditation. It needs to be what we study. Oh, I'm going to get married. I want you to know some of you are single right now and you're dating. You're starting to get out there and meet people. Okay, what should I do? Well, read the Bible. How should I have a relationship? Read your Bible. It says men treat the younger women like sisters. Amen? I don't rub up on my sister. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't get a car steamy with my sister. Bible says do that until you're married. Hallelujah. Bible teaches you to get married, man. To ask the woman. Praise God. Provide for your family. See, somebody says, I got a question about marriage. Go to the Word of God. Somebody says right now, man, I'm struggling in my finances. Some of you just got saved and you've been broke, busted, and disgusted, tore up from the floor up, living on barely get along avenue next to Grumble Alley, never having enough. Hello? Hello? And now you saved and you're like, how is God going to flip this thing upside down? Go to the Word of God. He took me a high school dropout, gave me a college education. Now I'm happily married with the family on my way to get a master's degree, being blessed with a $1,000 love offering. Can you say amen? He'll prosper even people like me. I was going to say retarded people like me. And honestly, I was. If He can bless a retard like me, He can bless you. I'm so serious. I was a bad mamma jamma, and God said, I'll save you and bless you if you'll let me. If you'll hear what I'm saying, I'll save you. Oh, praise God. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of the ungodly, or sit in the seat of the mocker. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. On his law does he meditate day and and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in season. His leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like the chaff which the wind blows away. For the wicked will not stand in the, stand in the, with the righteous, the wicked, uh, the judgment, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor the ungodly in the seat of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Is that all right, people? Come on, somebody say amen. What is God teaching us right there? That we're blessed when we study the Word. Meditating is studying it. Looking on it. Saying, oh God, how can I apply that to my life? The Bible says that man prospers in all that he does. Now lastly, you must preach the Word. Let's just review. Number one, hear the Word. Number two, study the Word. Number three, speak the Word. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Go ahead and stand up with me and stretch out. As we prepare to close this service, we're going to pray for our missionaries. Come on, just stand to your feet. We're going to read it together because they're going to speak the Word today. And you're going to speak the Word today. And they're going to speak it this week on Bourbon Street. And you're going to go to your home and speak it.
Oh, glory to God. Ephesians 6, 17. If you're there, say, I'm there. Come on, say it like you mean it. Somebody say, I'm there. Ephesians 6. Hallelujah, verse 17. It's talking about the armor of God. Band, would you come up here, please? And it says, take the helmet of salvation and the what? Sword of the Spirit, which is the... And now look what it says. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So we got a sword in the Spirit, and we pray in the Spirit. On all occasions, with all kind of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Listen, I'm going to just teach you something about prayer right now. Prayer is so simple. Before anybody ever taught me about prayer, before I learned about all the different types of prayers and requests, this is the most simplest thing that I learned. The Word of God is a sword. And when I speak the Word of God, it accomplishes what I say it does. God considers that prayer. So when I want to ask God for my family to be blessed, what do I pray? My own imagination? I pray the the Word because it is a sword and it cuts the ties off my family. Your prayer life will increase if you start reading your Bible automatically you're going to want to start praying the things that you're hearing. Then when you've prayed the Word of God, you can preach the Word of God. But you first got to learn how to pray with Him. One last scripture is Matthew 28, verses 18 through 19. I just feel like we all got to see it. Maybe you can watch it on the screen if you want. But just turn there with me if you want to. Matthew 20, let's just get one more because I just want you to see it. Right there in black and white. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Somebody say disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always. When I teach the Word of God, it's a sword. Brother, this is going to bless you right here. Last night, the moment I stepped out there, I said, what's the meaning of life? And remember all that mama drama? Bad mama jamma, the lesbians? They were just all up in my face. But before it got crazy, I got my little point across to one person. It was like this. I said, what's the meaning of life? The guy said, drugs and alcohol, you blankety blank. And then I said, because I set up people with that question. And then I said, if you lost somebody you loved and you had sex, money, and drugs, whatever, would that make you happy? And then he just started cursing me out. Oh, what does that matter? You know, whatever. Right behind me, Nancy could see a nicely dressed woman with her boyfriend. And she just had this look on her face like she was listening and could understand it. Nancy goes right behind me to this girl and starts to talk to her. And this girl says, I can't believe how stupid these people are. I agree with everything the pastor's saying. And she began to share her story. My sister's dying of cancer. She had it in remission and it came back. And if she died, I I, I wouldn't want drugs and alcohol. But there has to be something more. 
I agree that the preacher saying God's more. I want God. And my wife began to preach to her. And she got her number. And they're going to meet together again. You know why? Because wisdom was crying aloud. And while other people were rejecting it, somebody was hearing it. And it was piercing like a sword. And it, over here, it was causing a riot. But over here, it was causing revival. You and I need to start preaching and praying the Word of God. Because it will do what it accomplish it set out to do. It will accomplish what it said it would accomplish. Let's just raise up our hands and thank God for the word today. Jesus, we've heard your word. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. God, we make a commitment to now study it and meditate on it. And Lord, lastly, God, we will preach it and speak it and pray it. Jesus loves it when you pray His Word. Jesus loves it when you share His Word. Oh, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. God is calling out to you. With your hands raised right now, there's some of you God is calling out to. There's situations in your life right now that you don't know how to handle. Just say, Lord, praise be to you. Teach me your ways. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Come on, say, Lord, teach me. Teach me. Teach me how to hold this marriage together. Teach me how to live with this man that's not saved. Teach me how to raise my children in this in this house, oh God. Teach me, oh Lord, how to go back to school and not fall into temptation. Come on, some of you are going through something that the Word of God will give an answer to. Teach me, Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways to be a husband, a father. Teach me how to prosper. Come on, some of you have been stuck in one place in your business. And God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Come on, say, Lord, teach me how to prosper. Teach me how to overcome these difficulties in my business. Oh, Lord, teach me how to be successful. Oh, Labadeya. Teach us, teach us. Teach us your ways. Teach us your glorious ways. When all else fails, your word will still stand. You said all flesh is like grass, all the glory of man like a flower of the field. But the word of God endures forever. You endure. Not one jot, one tittle, one dot of the eye across the T will ever pass away. Jesus, with every head bowed and eyes closed, those that need to repent and get saved according to the Word of God, just come to your knees at this altar right now. Come on. Come on, humble yourself.